welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about the Vegas shooting one year later. October 1st, 2017 was the biggest shooting tragedy that the U.S. has ever had. Probably won't be the last. Um, And um, although the media has moved on... (laughs) The, um, the victims, the victims' families, the survivors have not. I mean, that is to say some survivors have um, made improvements, certainly, in their healing, but there are a lot who are still stuck in psychological problems like PTSD, in physical problems like all kinds of different uh, bullet injuries, injury, injuries from being stampled on a whole... Um, plethora of um, all different kinds of, of terrible wounds. So it's physical and mental wounds, basically. And um, my guests are um, doing something about this. Um, Lisa Fine is a survivor of the Route 91 Harvest Country Musical Festival. That's what it was called um, last October 1, where the, where the shooting took place. I mean, it was... Um, from the um, hotel, but towards the people, the thousands of people um, at the Country Music Festival. And she and another survivor, Brian Claypool, have uh, formed an organization called Route 91 Strong. And um, we're also going to be talking today with Iris Sherman, who is on the board of Route 91 Strong. Now, I'm going to let them tell you um, tell you all about it. Uh, I've become recently become associated with them uh, because of my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists Oh My. Um, certainly, uh, although uh, it has not at all been proven that the um, perpetrator of the uh, Vegas attack was a real a terrorist terrorist and a 9/11 type terrorist, he certainly was a terrorist in the sense that, uh, he created a huge amount of terror in the people who were at the concert. So um, before I, I give the floor up to them, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about them because they're going to probably be too um, too modest to get into all of it. Uh, first of all, Lisa Fine, she is, um, be- before uh, what happened a year ago, and uh, Presumably continuing, she is a personal trainer and nutritionist. She's a professional organizer of fine organizing solutions. She's a certified facilitator of letting go and lightening up for the mind, home, office, and life. And I have to ask her whether that was before or after. Certainly it's useful skills. And um, we have been working together, uh, and we'll talk more about that as the show goes on, but we've been working together for an anniversary, to put together an anniversary event for this uh, actual anniversary, October 1, the evening. It's going to be in West Hollywood. Um, We will again give you the 
the ways to get tickets and so on, but I want to put that out here now because I want to make sure that you that you hear it. Um, it is going to be a gala event at Lisa Vanderpump's uh, restaurant in West Hollywood, which is called Pump. Yeah, the tickets are $58, and that is symbolic for the 58 angels, the 58 people who lost their lives during the event of the Las Vegas shooting. Um, and in, uh, in addition to experiencing the wonderful, exciting, uh, what, glamorous pump restaurant, it also gives you an opportunity to appear on TV. Uh, it, you will hear in, inspirational survivor stories, more like what you're going to be hearing about today. Live music, a drink plus happy hour drink prices throughout the evening, hors d'oeuvres, and an opportunity to donate additional funds to Route 91 Strong with the purchase of my book that builds resilience. Now, um, all of these proceeds the 50, from the tickets go to the organization, which you'll be hearing more about. There is also a special discount price for survivors, and survivors um, will need to email their name and proof of attendance at the concert to an email, which I'll, I'll give you that email later. Uh, same thing with the address. The, it is, the evening starts at 6 o'clock and goes until 2. And, of course, the main purpose of this evening is to remember and honor the 58 angels and all the lives that have been forever impacted by that tragic night. Uh, that would include not only the people who were tragically killed, the people who were injured, and their families who are also forever impacted by that night. So we'll talk more about all of this. Uh, I just want to also uh, give a little bio for Iris Sherman. She actually, uh, she's on the board of Route 91 Strong, but she actually um, was not injured that night. She was injured by gun violence as well, but um, in a different strange set of circumstances across the country in Washington, D.C. So I'll let you her tell her story. Um, she is, when uh, aside from participating on the board, she's also a uh, co-founder and CEO of Digital Health at Kitchology. She is a um, she is an expert in um, technology, particularly as it relates to health. So let's start with Lisa. Now that I've given you that, uh, I guess I hope it's been a tease, not just uh, to these victims' stories or survivors' stories, but also to hearing more and where you can how, how you can get tickets to the October first event as well. So let's start with you, Lisa. Tell us about what that night was like, um, and then after that, how you came about to found Route 91, co-found Route 91 Strong. Thank you very much. I was at all three nights of the Route 91 Harvest Festival, and I have to say that it was the most beautiful um, concert festival I had attended with 22,000 fans. The energy was incredible. Everybody in their cutest country wear. They had the the most amazing country stars, and I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was invited at the last minute when a friend couldn't make it, so I decided that I would love to go in her place, and I had the time of my life up until... Sunday night, um, I was in the VIP lounge, neon lounge, and it was the greatest seats 
for that concert. It was row, uh, it was section E, row A, seat one, right in the front. And Mandalay Bay was just off to the back and right of me. And then there was the stage. And, you know, right before the tragedy occurred, we took a photo. I was just having the time of my life. I had my, you know, uh, just looking out on the crowd and they took a picture. My friend took a picture of me and right behind me is Mandalay Bay. Ten minutes later, all hell broke loose and the war zone opened up. And I was with my friends three friends, and we were in what is now known as one of the kill zones. It was, I have chills even talking about it, and I do talk about this almost every day because I am a survivor and co-founder and president of Route 91 Strong Nonprofit, and I talk to survivors every day, and we share our stories. What unfolded before us, it was bullets just raining down, and these sounds of people being shot and in agony and being killed, and bullets whizzing by my head, my friend's head, six inches away, hitting the fence, hitting everything all around us, and then listening to the screams, and then smelling blood, and I'm I'm graphic for a reason, because I want people to understand this is what can happen, and I want people to be aware of why people get very traumatized after going through something this bad. Um, I decided instantly to record as many, um, I recorded five videos because I wanted, I wanted my family to know what happened. I wanted them to find my phone after they found my body because I was certain not only would I die, but that we would all die. There were so many unknowns. We figured, hey, this could be terrorism, and it sounded like more than a one shooter. Um, it was, it was so intense that there is this thing that happens where you get this survival mode and tunnel vision and every single moment matters because one wrong move and you're gone. Um, to the right of me, I listened as a woman was shot and I captured in, in my, my recording and I ended up staying in the fetal position with my friends for most of the bullets that were, you know, there was, there were pauses in between and then the bullets would just come down. And I just remember looking out onto the crowd and, and thinking the bullets must be behind me up towards Mandalay Bay because when I would see people get hit, their bodies would fly away from me. And it was just so surreal. And in those moments, you realize, like, I'm going to die tonight. And all this was just your whole life does flash before your eyes and you all you can think about is love and your family and what you, what message, what legacy you've left. It, you know, have I lived a good enough life? Was I a good enough person? Did I do enough? Was I of service enough? Um, it, the hardest part is the survivor guilt um, because you're watching people get killed and shot at and they're screaming and they need help, but you can't do anything. And there's too many. There's too many wounded. And there's a very strong feeling of, did I do enough? Could, it, could I have done more? I did go to therapy after with a chaplain at the Sacramento Police Department. Her name is Mindy Russell, and um, I live in the Sacramento area. And after, in order to help me through my survivor's guilt, she ended up going through this whole process that she would go through with a police officer involved in a police officer shooting. And what she did was explain to me that you know, as a, as a person that would naturally want to help others in this situation, and you can't, 
um, anytime you've ever done something like helped somebody in a car accident or, or taken a lost dog uh, from a street and tried to find its owner, she said, you know, at no time when you do that as a first responder type person um, are bullets flying at your head. Mm. And that's when I let it go. It was the one moment where I just started crying and I forgave myself for not doing more. Mm. And I have chills telling you about that because in those moments, I could not get over the fact that I could not save anybody. I could not help anybody. They were so close to me and they needed all of us, but we could all do nothing. Some people risk their lives. I have in the recording, a man came down from the stands and you could hear me say no, because I knew what he was doing was walking into um, a death zone. Because if you were out Mm. on that grass, those bullets, it was just hit or miss. Where we were, we were hiding under our seats. Those bullets are like four inches long. If, If they would have went down six inches, they would have we would have gotten shot. It just, people left and right of you, in front of you, are dying, and you're just waiting for the bullet to hit you. And so I was 11 seats away from Brian Claypool, who is my co-founder. I did not know him that night, and we ended up on CNN with Chris Cuomo the next day, and he and I both felt the same trauma, the same feeling of, oh, my God, we are alive and they are dead. We have to do something. And that is what the origin of Route 91 Strong Nonprofit. And we, we have survivors on our board that care very much about helping people that survive gun violence of this nature and this tragic, these tragic circumstances. And they are losing their jobs, their homes. They're losing um, hope, complete hope. And they need help. They need time to get back their lives, their lives back on track. And what we offer, we raise funds so that we can financially assist them while they're at their darkest moments, darkest days. We want to give them time to heal, time to kind of get therapy, get well, um, get their get their family kind of intact after what's occurred. And they need their lights you know, they need their lights on, they need their rent paid or their home mortgage paid, uh, they need their car payments. They need, they need us to help them because we have several that have attempted suicide that are on suicide watch and some that sadly have committed suicide because they've lost all hope and we can't have one more person die because of this tragedy. As you know, um, I got chills hearing you uh, tell the story and of course I've heard it before and I watched it on television and, and all of that but it's just you make it so so real um, and it's just uh, you know we, we kind of get I mean there were of course uh, news reports about it for days and everything but we so many people tend to get it's a natural phenomenon to tend to get desensitized you know but we can't because, um, because, and that's why, and we're going to get into this a little bit more later. Um, if you can tell us some stories, you don't have to, it can be anonymous, but um, about specific people. Because I think people are surprised. Like when you just said that last part about people, some people who have committed suicide or are suicidal or people losing their homes and their jobs, I, I think a lot of um, people who didn't have anything to do with that, you know, even if they saw it in the news, don't really understand why that would happen or that it would happen. So, um, so you can talk a little bit more about that, R- right? Um, 
for before we get, go to break, uh, I do want to mention Brian Claypool, your co-founder. Um, he is a very well-known attorney um, from Los Angeles. Um, his office is in Pasadena, California. Very nationally known. He's on television all the time. He is, does incredibly important cases and so on. And um, so I, I want to give him credit for all that he's been doing with you, too, uh, for Route 91 Strong. So um, I don't want to start with Iris until after our break, which is going to be <laughs> in, in a minute or so. Um, but we will hear her story, and you'll, you know, it, it's interesting how Route 91 Strong, although, yes, of course, it focuses primarily on the people who were at the uh, nine, Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival last October 1st, but it also helps people who are victims or survivors of um, gun violence, regardless of what the cause of it was. And, and it's not political. I, um, <laughs> it's important, Lisa, that you mention that because I, I know people say, you hear some people hear gun violence or victims of gun violence and think, oh, you're, you know, um, uh, radical uh, anti-gun people. And no, you just... To make just to tell us in a sentence or two, because then we're going to have to go to break. What your what the organization's stance is on that? Yeah, we remain non-political, non-partisan for a very good reason because we have all of our board members differences of opinion. I'm originally from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. My family were hunt- hunters. Um, and we believe guns are for protection, but should never be in the hands of a monster who wants to murder people. We would like to focus just on helping survivors. We do not want to um, push anyone away from wanting to help what happens on the other end of gun violence. And because we were on the other end of the the weapons, the math <laughs> of, uh, you know, just, bullets raining down, we feel like we understand what it's like to be on the other end of that, and we'll move mountains to help survivors struggling to overcome that. Okay, perfect. Well, we need to take a break now. We're talking today about uh, the Vegas shooting one year later with my guests, Lisa Fine and Iris Sherman. We'll be back in a minute, so stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about the Vegas shooting one year later with my guests um, who are survivors. Well, actually Lisa Fine, who is a survivor from that shooting um, and the co-founder and president of Route 91 um, Strong. And now we're going to be hearing from Iris Sherman, who was also a victim slash survivor of gun violence, but across the country from Vegas. And um, you have an interesting story also about, uh, about how you connected to Lisa and Brian uh, and Route 91 Strong. Um, I just wanted to say, during the break, I was asking them about, you know, how much time they spend on their other life. <laughs> and I had wanted to mention, as I did, what Lisa was doing before uh, the concert, before last October 1st, and she's actually now devoted full-time, her whole life, Lisa Fine, is devoted to Route 91 Strong, and she'll tell us what, what that means, what she does on a daily basis with that in a little while. Um, Iris Sherman, who is on the board of Route 91 Strong, um, as I mentioned, she is an award-winning entrepreneur, known for creating new businesses and bringing impactful products to market. Um, And she um, is in the Washington, D.C. region. So tell us about your uh, story in regard to gun violence. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Carol, for having me on this show. uh, I feel honored. Um, And for me... You know, I, I had a really unique situation happen. In some respects, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but on December 21st, 2015, it was actually an amazing day for me. I was named um, a Woman Entrepreneur of the Year for Maryland. Um, and I was part of a small business administration contest. And, uh, and I won and I was put into the national pool. And I was reviewing the press release, and I told my son to come home, and I had dinner cooking in the crock pot, and he said, I will call you when I'm at the metro five minutes away, and he did, and I left my house, and I, I live about five minutes from the, the metro station, the train, and I heard gunshots, and I thought, okay, this is really strange. I have a very nice neighborhood. What's going on with the gunshots? Um... But, you know, I got in my car. I thought, I'm in my car. Nothing's going to happen to me. And unfortunately, I drove through an unprotected crime scene of which there was shooting going on back and forth um, between the police or a police officer and a 
perpetrator uh, who was coming from an, a scene. And so I, the bullets went through my car. I'm sorry. He was, the perpetrator was coming from what? From a scene, what did you say a that? shooting scene. I'm not really sure. Oh, uh-huh. I don't even know to date what the details are because of the, the, uh-huh. the actual crime is still unresolved. But hmm. I, I drove through and the bullets hit my car and I was shot. And I, I, at first, I honestly didn't realize I was hit. Um, and it wasn't until about a couple of minutes that I started to notice this pain and blood, like, everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I've been shot. And I literally had just enough, you know, um, power in me or, or, you know, strength in me to make one phone call. So I called my son I said, and I screamed and I said, I am coming from something awful. I've been shot and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the metro. And he said, you just pull over, Mom, and I'm going to find you. And he literally used the technology on the phone to connect huh. with my phone and u- using Bluetooth found me. And he well, was how old my first they? responder. How- how old was he? He was 20, at the time he was 22. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and he was the first responder. He literally got to the car, he opened the door, he carried me from the driver's side to the passenger side. He took off his coat and his shirt and he started making tourniquets. And I don't remember really anything. I just kept hearing him talking to somebody. So I was assuming at that point he was talking to 911 and they were instructing him as what to do. And then the next thing I knew, I was at the uh, fire station and being loaded into an ambulance. Um, And so, you know, that day changed my life. I had multiple surgeries since then. They couldn't take the one big bullet out of my leg out right away because it was sitting next to the femoral artery. So any movement was dangerous. Um, and so for about three months, I lived in, in, in uh, pretty much hell uh, from the pain, from the PTSD that hit me pretty hard. I couldn't sleep at all at night. I had night sweats, tremors all the time, any noise, even a car door, I would be like jumping um, and I really was a mess, and I was still trying to keep my company alive, and and that was not easy, um, and I was very lucky to have very, very amazing, supportive, you know, colleagues, family members, friends that brought lots of meals to take care of me, uh, and it was uh, awful, really awful, and I, I lived my life differently from that day, you know, even though I'm pretty healthy now and I've had multiple surgeries and have some limitations, I still live my life differently and I still, you know, for a long time had been dealing with PTSD. And for me, after the October 1st shooting in Vegas, it really, really rocked me. I, I was just, I, I was a wreck for a while and it brought back a lot of triggers for me of those poor people. I knew exactly what they were going through, the pain they were going through, the, how afraid they were, 
you know, that they were going to die like I thought I was going to die that night. And, and, and I, it really was awful. And some of the things that impacted me was, first of all, I have very good medical care or medical insurance, but I discovered that it didn't cover everything. And so I ended up with over $100,000 in medical burden on my own mm. from my impact, mm. which is not uncommon. And, and, uh, and it's the average gun survivor that actually makes it to the emergency room around that time has about $100,000 in medical bills. And typically about 20% on average is not covered by insurance. So, you know, what really motivated me was, that, first of all, was by total happenstance, I watched CNN when Lisa was on, Lisa Fine and Brian were on CNN. And I will never forget that day. I really felt like they were talking to me. They talked Mm. about, you know, exactly what they were going through. And I'm like, oh, my God, I know exactly what you guys are going through. I almost wanted to jump through the screen and give them hugs. Mm. I knew I knew what was ahead of them from from PTSD because I had it myself. And when they mentioned they were starting this nonprofit and that they wanted to help gun survivors, I'm like, oh my god, sign me up! So mm-hmm. I literally said, okay. They had started their website. I sent them an email, and I said, listen, I'm a successful entrepreneur. I, I'm a businesswoman. I've raised millions of dollars on the tech side and on the life science side, I want to help and, and help make this organization even more successful. Make your dreams, Lisa and Brian, come true because I, they, were, they, are, they are such special people. And for mm-hmm. them to want to give back after what they've been through is amazing. It, it, it doesn't happen every day. And so I wanted to make a difference and give my passion to them and and together we can, you know, make this organization a successful organization to help survivors of gun violence, not just from the Vegas shooting, but unfortunately others that will happen. And I, 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 I just feel blessed every day to have met Lisa and Brian and that I know that I have been changed by this situation, but I feel like I have this renewed purpose in my life and that together we will help the thousands of victims out there. And and what Lisa said, they are suffering. Just think about this. Prior to October 1st, they were regular people living regular lives, mm-hmm. having many of them having successful jobs. And then you go through that and you like, oh my God, I can't even get up in the morning. Oh my God, I can't make a dinner for my, my family. I can't go to work. And you start going through that, you start losing your job, losing things that are important to you like your home, not even being able to pay rent, and surviving. And that's what we're seeing in the thousands. We are seeing this. So mm. that's mm. really so important for Route 91 Strong to really be able to impact their lives in a positive way. Yes. And uh, I want to mention that aside from all the other work that you do, that uh, we were, as we were just talking about, you spend at least 30 hours a week on Route 91 Strong in addition. 
Well, let's go back yeah. to Lisa mm-hmm. and talk about um, this daily, you know, some of the um, actual human stories besides the two of you. Um, what, like, like, what do you do every day, in other words, as the president and co-founder of Route 91 Strong? How do people reach you? What are their stories? Yeah, I have made my life all about making a difference for survivors of gun violence. And it was clear to me as soon as surviving that tragic night that that's what I would do forever, um, that I would never be the same, and that I would use anything I had in my power to help raise funds and be there as a woman who experienced it. I talk to survivors every day. I am in communication via social media. I have given my, my personal phone number to them. We have a, an amazing website and team that has, has worked very hard. Most of our team are uh, full-time employees of, um, you know, with their other lives, and then they give their time to um, help us help survivors. I take the calls from the survivors because when we get an application, they go through what we call a disbursement protocol. They have to prove that they were at the event, and we do the vetting by making sure that we're talking to actual survivors that are struggling. Then we uh, have them send in the – we need to find out what their immediate needs are, and that includes, you know, sending, you know, late notices, um, bills um, if they need tires for their car, just things that will help them in life. A lot of our survivors that call in, they can't even pay for child care or, you know, just so many important things that we all take for granted because, you know, we're living a life. But what happens with PTSD, and I know this because it happened to me, you remember you told people I am a professional organizer and my brain used to work in such a way where I was just very clear about everything. I could multitask like crazy after almost dying and being shot at on October 1. Uh, there's a chemical imbalance that occurs. I feel like I have ADHD times 10. I would go into a room and think, you know, okay, I want to organize this room. And I had to leave because I could, I could not see the world the same way. I still don't mm. see the world the same way. There is fear that sets in because you, you know that you were at a safe place. Well, at least you thought you were. Now the world seems very unsafe and terrifying. A lot of our survivors, and you will not even understand how deep this trauma goes, have not left their homes yet. This is true. Mm-hmm. There are survivors that have applied for our funds that would not take their shoes off for a surgery for an appendectomy because they thought, I've got to have my shoes on in case I need to run. Mm. We had mm. two pregnant wow. women. Yeah, this is intense trauma. We had two different pregnant women that were uh, at this event, this tragedy. And one was a single mom. She had a two-year-old at home that was being babysat. She had to scale a 10-foot wall while being shot at. She was working that night. And when Mm. she got home, she could not function. She could not uh, sleep. She could not take care of her child. She was traumatized. And so what we did was we met her immediate needs. 
We said, girl, we are going to take care of you. You do not have to worry about a thing. We threw her a baby shower. We wanted her to feel a sense of community and family. And that is another thing that Route 91 Strong offers. We want people to never feel alone or hopeless. That's why we make ourselves available 24-7. And we had another survivor that was also pregnant. And this is so tragic because... She was with her husband that night, and they were uh, trampled. And being trampled is, 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 people don't understand how serious that is. It, is. it is almost like being in a car accident because so many bodies are hitting you. The baby, mm-hmm. she was still pregnant with the baby. By the time they reached out to us, they had already lost their home. They were living with her parents. Uh, she said she was so, they were so completely out of like hope that they felt like they could not take care of their baby and they were going to consider adoption for this child and I just started crying I said absolutely Mm. not we will care for you you are going to have that baby you are going to get through this you are going to rise up you are going to overcome and she cried and said it was the first time she had had hope and they had Mm. that baby and that baby as well and they are doing well We have another survivor. She was there with three young children. Her husband had just left her. Mm -hmm. Her mom took her to the Route 91 Strong concert to get away and have some some fun with her children. Her children Mm -hmm. were one, three, and six. They survived but barely. Her mother that was there had to use her hands to cover some of these bullet wounds to save their life. Um, there, this is just one story after another, after another, we had, we have a family that lost everything. They were very successful. They lost their business, their home. They are completely besides themselves. But let me just tell you something. The, the people that call in first, when we tell them we will meet their immediate needs and we find out what that amount is and we have to balance it between all the, the group that has, that has come in at that time and what funding we have. And this is so important because we need so much funding to help these people get their lives yeah. on track. The ripple effect of the, of the evil from that night is so deep, far, and wide that I need people to get it because those people are out in our world. Now, think about the 22,000 people, the ripple effect of all their loved ones mm-hmm. that were impacted. Mm-hmm. This is a, this mm-hmm. is a, na- a national problem. Now think of all mm-hmm. the gun survivors that are, I mean, the other day there were four in a row. I mean, this is mm-hmm. school, churches, mm-hmm. movie theaters, concerts. We have got to be vigilant. We cannot be complacent. This cannot be the normal, you know, oh, another shooting. No, we have to be outraged always about this. Mm-hmm. And we need to care for each other while we go through it. I I really want people to understand, don't tell a survivor, just get over it, or why haven't you overcome this? Every night, right. it comes back to you sometimes. Yes. A smell, yes. a, a loud Lisa, noise. Yes. Yes. Lisa, yeah. we will get, we'll get, we'll continue with that when we come back, but we now have to take another break. But um, let me reintroduce uh, my guests. And I hope, I hope all my listeners, um, I hope all of you are, are kind of getting it um, as these two women are, are describing it. You know, it's, it's a, the problem is so much deeper than you might have imagined because you don't see them on television anymore, <laughs> these, uh, the, the victims slash survivors. 
Well, when we come back, um, we'll be talking again to my guests, Lisa Fine and Iris Sherman. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about October 1, the Vegas shooting, one year later. So stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, it will soon be October 1st. And uh, besides that meaning that it's the beginning of the month of Halloween, there's something even more scary that um, it is related to, and that is October 1st is the one-year anniversary of the Vegas shooting where 58 people died and... um, Hundreds or thousands more, Lisa would know the answer to that, uh, have been, well, they've all, actually thousands, have been injured, at least uh, psychologically, certainly, and some, too, with physical injuries. And we're talking today with um, my guest, Lisa Fine, who is, who is a survivor of that day and is the president and co-founder of um, a group called Route 91 Strong, which has been doing and is continuing to do amazing work for the families of the victims who died, the families of the, of the victims or survivors, however you want to, you know, look at it, um, who, and, and the survivors themselves who still need an incredible amount of help. Um, some of the things she's been talking to you about uh, just in this last segment. One of the things I want to clear up, because I know my listeners, some of them who have been paying attention or did pay attention at the time, as I did, um, you know, there was all this 
fundraising right after the October 1st shooting. And particularly, I remember from the government, from the mayor's office and just various government officials, and it seemed like they were raising a ton of money. So the question is, where did that money go? Lisa or Iris, whoever wants to address this, where did that money go and why isn't there enough left for all of these survivors? There's a lot of questions around that funding, and I do know that a, a big portion of the funds did go directly to the, van, the, fa- the 58 families that lost their loved one. There, they also had some funding for those that got shot, and then the others that uh, were trampled or dealing with PTSD, uh, there was no funding for them, and that's where we stepped in with our nonprofit. And the, you can do research online. There is, there is a lot of information and a lot of questions and a lot of anger from survivors that, there, mm. that the funding, what, there were a lot of problems. I'll let Iris continue on that. Sure. Yeah, right. so our research, so from our research, we found that there was multiple GoFundMes as well. And they were either for a specific family that decided to do a GoFundMe or there were some funds that were collecting lots of money. But from our understanding, from talking to hundreds and hundreds of survivors, nobody got money for being trampled, dealing with PTSD, um, or, or even just some, like, you know, shrapnel wounds. So there's this big disconnect. And that is one of the reasons why we are so passionate about making sure that we can help these survivors because there is no other fund. They closed the National Victim Fund very quickly after the event, and that was it. If you didn't get your application in um, and, and get to see a doctor right away, you were not um, part of the National Victim Fund. And even at that, the amount of money that was given out was like, very small, maybe $1,000 to maybe $2,000, which really does not help you when you are trying to pay grocery bills and perhaps have lost your job because you're still dealing with the after effect, which takes months to um, overcome and may take years. And, And nobody is really addressing this. And this is why we are, you know, trying to set up this, our business to be long-lasting and help survivors that, that could be dealing with this for years and other survivors of other gun shooting events that, unfortunately, nobody's taking care of them either. Now, do you um, have something to do with, I, I know that you're in touch at least with, like, the Parkland shooting victims and the... Um, uh, the Orlando nightclub victims, are they, are you, what is your connection to those people? So I have um, had some really incredible um, relationships that came after with survivors through the Parkland shooting, as well as the Pulse nightclub massacre, and even um, tragedies that go way back. Um, I've been really happy to talk to them because they shared their experience. Even when Iris and I met up, it was so helpful with what she was sharing with me about her recovery because she was so further along than we were. 
and it was insightful. Mm-hmm. When we met with the Pulse nightclub uh, survivors, they shared their stories with us, and they explained what it was like and, and what to expect. And that is helpful, very helpful, to kind of have an idea of what you might go through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking, are you um, collecting in some form uh, these stories? I mean, I was thinking what a, what a wonderful um, and helpful book that would be, like individual stories of people, <laughs> whether it was just confined to the um, Route 91 shooting or, the, or also these other uh, mass shootings. Have you thought about doing that? You know, it's funny you should say that because yeah. Iris and I were on a trip for a fundraising, um, several fundraising events, and we looked at each other and we said, you know, we have all these connections. We have all these uh, survivors of, of mass shootings in all different types of scenarios, and we would like to put together a book where each story has a different uh, inspirational, motivational um, message to leave with mm-hmm. others. And also, mm-hmm. we'd love to do a national tour and and go and speak on this and have there be a, um, a way to communicate how to potentially prepare by how our stories are being told. Before the Las Vegas shooting, I was the type of woman who would pay very close attention to tragedies. Uh, even, you know, in Paris, the, the massacres that happened over there, I would always be very curious about the survivors and what was uh-huh. happening and, and how they, they got through it. And for some reason, now I know why I was so curious about that because I feel like I was being prepared for the life that I now have, because I will do this the rest of my life. I know Iris will do this the rest of her life. Yep. And I feel uh-huh. like our, our goal and mission is very clear, and our passion is to make a difference in this world and bring light from the dark. And we will go to great lengths to spread awareness and to bring funds and hope. And our biggest purpose is support, hope, strength, change, and love. And we want to align yep. with others. We have a, a mindset of abundance. We would like to, you know, encourage other nonprofits and just be a part of making the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I can't believe what time it is, how, how time has flown. And I want to make sure that um, I hope all my listeners, I hope all of you out there, have, been, have gotten chills like I have, even though I've heard these stories uh, some of it, and some certainly watch it on television and so on. And, um, you know, as a psychiatrist, been familiar with this kind of thing, but it, it doesn't get old. I mean, it still is so chilling. And if you have gotten chills or you realize now the extent of this problem, everybody's not okay just because we don't see, um, see the uh, Vegas shooting on television anymore, there are lots of people who need your help. Um, and this you know, what's so good about Route 91 Strong is, is you're so thoroughly transparent. Um, their website is route91strong.org, and um, they have, you, you'll see on there all the, the things, they make it so clear. There's, there's no question where the money is going and that they're honest and that uh, they're dedicated. I'm sure you've heard that today. But, so I want to make sure in the time that's left that I get back to how you can help. I mean, of course, you can help just by going to the website and making a donation. That would be great. 
But if you also want to have some fun or, well, (laughs) relatively, um, and honor and remember the victims and share their stories, listen to their stories, uh, I don't know if fun is exactly the right word, but socialization, um, and that is by being at this event on October 1st at Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant. She is hosting it, Uh, Lisa Vanderpump, in case you don't know. Um, she is a philanthropist, a restaurateur, a businesswoman, a TV personality, and she is hosting this one-year anniversary fundraiser, donating all proceeds to the survivors of the shooting. Um, you will, um, I was mentioning earlier, the tickets are $58. Uh, it includes an opportunity to be on television. There's going to be a ton of media there. You are going to hear more inspirational survivor stories like you've been hearing today. Live music, a drink, plus happy hour drink prices throughout the night, hors d'oeuvres, an opportunity to donate additional funds to Route 91 Strong with a purchase of my book because uh, I'm going to be donating a portion of the proceeds to Route 91 Strong. And the book, regardless of what kind of trauma you've had, um, the book helps you to build resilience. It's for children and parents and teachers and uh, therapists of all kinds. And... um, also, the survivors do not have to pay the $58 entry fee. Um, you, all you do is email your name and a proof that you were at the concert, the October 1st, 2017 concert, to admin at route91strong.org. And the um, event is taking place, as I said, at the Pump Lounge, which is in West Hollywood, California, uh, on October 1st, of course starting at 6 p.m. and going all the way to 2 a.m. And the point of it is, of course, it's a fundraiser. The, point of, the main point of this, besides honoring and remembering and sharing with the victims and the survivors, um, it's to remember the 58 angels, as they're called, the people who died, but also, as you can hear from the, the, my guests today, clearly, uh, you know, there are people who are suffering in silence and psychologically, physically, and who need the help with just to get on with daily living. And um, their lives have been impacted forever by that night. And to help their lives get put back together, that's what Route 91 Strong does. Um, Many of the survivors suffer with debilitating PTSD, sleepless nights, nightmares. Some are unable to work, as you've been hearing, unable to leave their homes, uh, it's called agoraphobia, when you're afraid to go outside of your home, unable to pay their bills, losing their jobs, losing their homes, and, um, and also some on suicide watch. So the import- most important uh, information that you should, uh, con- in conclusion, is to go to their website. You will find information about this October 1st event and other ways that you can help and just to get an idea of what this amazing organization does altogether. So... The um, most important thing to remember is Route91Strong.org. So that's Route, R-O-U-T-E, the number 91Strong.org. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests, first of all, Lisa Fine, a survivor, co-founder, and president of Route91Strong, and Iris Sherman on the board of Route91Strong. And you can hear how dedicated these women are how it changed their lives, how, how gun violence has changed their lives, and how they are 
just giving everything they've got to help um, future and current and past uh, victims slash survivors. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 